Talk Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Community's Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 382. My name is Eric Nelson. And with me today, I have my co-host, Corey Romero. Corey, how are you doing today? Hey, Eric. I'm, I'm, I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing good. We're now into... 2017, things are hitting on all cylinders. Everything is doing great. Absolutely. Good. Uh, on the Community Roundtable podcast, our community members, Edward Haletti and Shang Sheen, are both on the call. Hey, guys, how you doing? Fine. Hi, guys. Hey, good. Nice to And on the show today, uh, we have VMware Validated Designs with Forbes Guthrie. Forbes is in the room with us. Forbes, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for inviting me on. Hey, it's great to great to have you. Great to have you in the room. It's always fun when we get somebody that is on campus if you have to come in, say hello. Um, before we get to the VMware validated designs, uh, we should spend a little bit of time talking about the news and what's been happening throughout the week. So let's do a little bit of that. Um, I'll start first, Corey, and then you can chime in. And also anybody else that wants to do a shout out on what what's been happening this week, feel free to do that. Uh, my news items are, I saw this week a lot of VM, VMUG news. Uh, I thought that was really cool. There were a lot of VMware VMUG user cons going on. And I just wanted to do a shout out to everybody that took pictures and shared them on social. It was super cool to get to watch those things and see events happen. And, you know, a lot of us at corporate, at Paul also, we don't have budgets to go out and visit these things very often. So the only way we get exposed to the user cons and the speakers that, that are going on is to kind of watch it in social. So if you went to a user con and you saw the picture and tagged it, thanks. I got to see a lot of it. And it was really fun to see them and see people talking and engaging. And it just kind of felt a little bit like we were there. Um, so thanks for everybody that did that. Shout out to everybody at UserCon. If you want to see what UserCons are coming up next, uh, VMUG has a great calendar at uh, vmug.com slash attend slash calendar. And you can go check it out. Brand new calendar up there. they got a lot of stuff happening. I'm not going to read them out, but you, I guarantee you there's user cons and VMUG meetings going on all over the place. So go check it out. Uh, okay. So that's what I say. We got somebody. I was, at my, I was at my VMUG user con yesterday down in Austin. It was very nice. That's nice. We have new yeah. leadership, and they did a very good job. So a call out to them. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's really nice. I, I think that that's what you know. We have been giving the VMUG people feedback for a couple of years that we had kind of lost the community in the in the VMUG environment, and I think they're really attempting to to change that. So hopefully we'll see some of that happening. And it was nice to see the pictures and stuff that was happening, people tweeting about it. So maybe we're seeing progress there. Did you feel that, Edward, did you feel there was more community in the environment now? The user yeah. cons have shifted from what they started with many years ago to where they are now. The normal VMUG is at least one or two community talks. The user cons are done very, very differently. It's much more about marketing. Yeah. Okay. I think that what I mean, but I believe that's changing. I know that there's a lot more communication between VMUG members at a user con because there's a lot more people there. I mean, we had 400 people at the Austin one, four or 500 people, I think, and you get 
some really nice technical, deep technical discussions going on about problems that people are facing and, and solutions that are available and a lot of unscripted conversation. And that's that's what I find extremely useful. Yeah, and the I show think... The show on the other hand, I mean, they have all the, the booths and stuff. There's not a single technical person usually at those booths. There's usually only just salespeople and marketing people that happen to be local to wherever the user con is. So yeah, and we've tried to give them feedback to open up the number of opportunities for people to have conversations and more deep technical discussions as opposed to just making it this super structured event. So hopefully that the new the new people in charge of VMUG will will take that to heart and make some of that happen. So I think cool they are. There. I think they're looking for ways of doing it within the structure that they have. I mean, you got to think about it. it's a very hard thing to do. At least Putting on a user con is not cheap. They're usually not small events. You're looking at four or five hundred people, sometimes upwards of three to four or five thousand people I've seen at some of the these events. These aren't small by any stretch of the imagination. They sound small but compared to VMworld, but they're costly. So yep. you have to have enough sponsors, which is the marketing side of things, to pay for all that, and that's that actually is becoming harder and harder to find because, you know, marketing dollars yeah. tends to be drying up right now. Yeah. If that's what we're seeing around the community, if that changes, that's a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. I mean, so, think about how many people have told you they can't travel because there's no money. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Moving on, I want to get to some other news events, and then we'll get to the main topic here. So thanks. I'm glad everybody got the VMUG. That's cool. Um, moving on, Corey, uh, what's happening with the experts this week? I know you got a couple things to talk about. Hey, Rick. Yeah, so I've got a couple updates for VExperts, uh, a couple shout-outs as well. Um, so Mark, over who runs uh, the Dell EMC Elect, he posted up the results um, just recently for the Dell EMC Elect results for um, and there's a couple of uh, V experts on the list as well that made it. So congratulations to everybody there. Uh, Ariel Sanchez, who is a V expert, also made a Community Warrior. So VMTN has a Community Warrior uh, program that we do, and uh, Ariel Sanchez is our Community Warrior this month. So congratulations, Ariel. And then one last announcement for V experts is we had uh, VMware EUC champions were announced um, from uh, Cindy Zuckman. And uh, so I wanted to say congratulations to everybody who made that program as well. Nice. Yeah, lots of, lots of ways to participate in the ecosystem and get recognized. Uh, uh, Absolutely. EMC Elect for sure, one of our Dell Technology you know, partners. We're all in this ecosystem together. That's cool. Uh, nice to see EUC you know, recognize their key people. So that, that's good. Um, all right, any other news there, or should we move on to Tim and Code? Yeah, let's move on to Tim and Code. All right, Tim. Tim Bonneman runs the VMware Code program. Uh, Tim, what you got going on? Hey, guys. Yeah, so we just announced a, a new meetup in April, April 12th. Um, <clears throat> our very own Nathan Ness from Colorado from Cloud Native Apps BU. He'll be talking about uh, Kubernetes and uh, networking and the new kind of uh, approaches that are needed to do networking with containers. Uh, should be full house. Already 80 people signed up <laughs> working with a meetup here in the Bay Area. So. Uh, should be very fun. Great. So, yeah, going to be on the VMware campus and prom C again, I take it. We'll get food there. 
And then we're going to live stream it, I assume, as well on Facebook? Yeah, we continue to uh, work on and help to improve our live streaming capabilities, and it should be once again on Facebook Live and then later in the recording. All right, great. So the last thing I have on news before we get to the main event here with Forbes is um, DMworld uh, is, is con continue marches. We're getting closer and closer, August 27th through the 31st. Uh, VMworld pre-purchased has been going on. You can get a $1,795 ticket. But I am told that you know early reg opens on April 4th. So you can go there on April 4th and buy early reg uh, and sign up and get, your, get, get everything set up there. And I'm also told that Barcelona, which is the 11th through the 14th of September, uh, reg opens there as well. So on April 4th, you can reg for both. U.S. and Europe simultaneously, if you like go to both or one or the other. That's different this year. Remember, VMworld Barcelona has moved from mid-October all the way into September 11th through the 14th, so be aware of that. And Reg opens for both of them simultaneously. And I also heard that public voting started yesterday and is open through April 7th, so I think it was March 28th through April 7th, public voting on sessions and call for papers. So go vote on your favorite papers. That does have an impact on who gets accepted and who doesn't. It's not necessarily a final say on all the sessions, but it does. They do take it into consideration. They look at high votes, and then those guys who get high votes, their sessions you know, get accepted. So go vote on yours. It's open until April 7th. Uh, today, Podcast. If you're listening in your car on iTunes, today is March 29, 2017. You have some time to go get your votes in. Okay, anything else on the news? Open it up before we move forward with the main event, which is VMware Validated Designs. Any other news items before we get going? Nope, that's it. All right, perfect. So, again, on the show today, VMware Validated Designs with Forbes Guthrie Forbes. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Have you ever been on the show before? I know that answer, but uh, I looked at my records and I couldn't find. So it must have been a while. So far uh, back. I, I actually, um, when I thought about this last night, I thought, oh, actually, maybe I have been in this podcast. And I look back uh, and Google was my friend. I think it was about six years ago. I was actually on the community uh, uh, podcast with Mike Laverick. Mike Laverick was just announcing his newest or his new SRM book. So that, that helps kind of date it. So Mike was on there, and it was myself talking about uh, some of the reference cards I was working on at the time. So yeah, I have been on before, but not uh, uh, in a prior life when I wasn't a VMware employee. I was just a member of the community. It is surprising how many people we've had on the show yeah. that were a member of the ecosystem, you know, not working for VMware, have made their way in working at VMware now, come back on the show, yeah. and talk about whatever they're working on now at VMware. <laughs> it, it's yeah. a common theme that we actually have going. I don't know if that means we're, the ecosystem is a breeder, you know, that, or or you failed out in the outside world and now you've come here to teach. <laughs> but, I like to think it. The community is passionate about Babylon technology uh, and so passionate that it's involved uh, intrinsically with what we tend to do for a living as well. So there's always going to be a crossover there. Well, 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 glad you're back. Glad you're here with VMware. And uh, I don't know which it is. I'll just be quiet on that because I'll get a lot of hate mail. Um, so you've been on the show before. Great, great to have you back. What's your Twitter handle? Hey, at Forbes Cup 3. 
Forbes Guthrie. Okay, there you go. You can search him, give him a follow. Um, what are DVDs? We've had DVDs before. Before we get going, I will say that we have DVDs on podcast number 339. So if you want to go listen to DVDs, it's podcast 339 with Eddie Danell, Bob, and Mike Brown, Nick Marshall, a couple other people came in. Yeah. Uh, back in September, it seemed like yesterday, but it was okay. September 2015, yeah. which is two and a half, a year and a half, almost two years ago. Um, so um, tell us about, for people that don't remember what VVDs are, just sure. to run Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I definitely want to, want to cover, I think, a lot. Uh, we're starting to hear a lot more about VVDs, um, but it's, it's definitely still that period of, of trying to get the word out and explain what it is and where the value is. Particularly, you know, it's a great opportunity and a sort of community podcast to kind of explain where the, where the value is to the community because I, I genuinely think this is one area which uh, VMware is really starting to listen to our community uh, and respond in an appropriate way, you know. Um, so, so it's it's great to see that. So, what are the VVDs? Uh, the VVDs take a look at. Uh, they provide prescriptive blueprints for your SDDC. So, you know, as everyone in the call knows, uh, uh, you know, VMware is heavily invested in building out a software suite for the for the software defined data center. It has a number of products in there. Uh, that you know, us as, as customers can build up in our data centers and run an SDDC. Um, but the, the VVDs themselves provide prescriptive, uh, um, a prescriptive way of designing, implementing, and operating that SDDC. So it's a way to kind of jumpstart um, uh, the process. I, I, I will uh, jump to, to four marketing terms. It's the, only, it's the only time during the whole thing I'll, I'll, I'll use a marketing thing. I would say I, I'm, a, I'm a product manager within the VVD team, uh, so I, I'm not on the marketing side per se, but I, I'll use this because it's kind of instructive and, and useful. Um, okay. We'll forgive you. We'll forgive me. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll take the beating later. Uh, so the first thing is, you know, we say it's a standardized design. Um, what that really means is we take a systems approach to all the pieces of software that, that uh, we kind of label in within the SDDC. We figure out how, how they all fit together. I mean, it's one thing to... Uh, take each individual product and look at the, the install guide and, and figure out how it works. But when you start mashing this stuff together, as we all know, if we've used the software before, it doesn't always work that cleanly together. So we're, we're uh, building up a design that where all these different components works well together. Um, proven and robust, that's the second kind of marketing term that they talk about. And what we mean by that is, you know, uh, the VVDs are built by experts. Uh, and I, I truly mean that. You know, we, we've gathered a great team of architects and engineers building this stuff together. I mean, you mentioned earlier in uh, the last time the podcast was on, some of those guys, William Lamb, Nick Marshall, you know, Ryan Johnson, uh, 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 Mike. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a raft of people that are or have been involved with the BDD. And we don't just come up with the solution ourselves. We talk to each of the, the business units within VMware, each of the experts uh, across teams and across the products, and basically, we're collecting together the, and I'll use a term that we all hate in the, in the community, but best practices. You know, we're figuring out the best way of, of doing these things to get these things to work together. Um, and we're documenting them and we're putting them down. And that's, that's what I was always impressed with, Ryan Johnson, who, yeah. You know, he's out in the field. They're at customer sites. They're not just 
you know, oh, yeah. here's a blueprint. You know, these are what we define inside of VMware to, to make this is supposed to work. Yeah. Right? It was more of grounds up. This is what is working. Yeah. This is how we've made this work at customer site. Let's put this in a blueprint. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure. I mean, it comes hold it, actually, hold it. I want to yeah. step back there a second. Sure. That approach to me is backwards. I'm sorry. Okay. It works at a customer site doing X, Y, and Z just this right way if I'm standing on one leg and jangling from the roof at the same time. No. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think it's really A validated bad. design yeah. needs to yeah. work regardless yeah. if I'm standing on one leg, two legs, yeah. hanging from a monkey yeah. bars. It needs but, to work you know, everywhere. Yeah, but you know, and it needs to be yeah. secure. Everybody but, you mentioned is not a sure. security expert. Right. So, so where is the security part of the VVDs? I don't so, see it. Okay, I, I can absolutely talk to that. I mean, it's one of the, the core things that we're trying to do here because otherwise if we don't provide the guidance that, uh, you know, we're all just installing these software products and we're not thinking about security. So, so one of the fundamental areas that we're trying to inject into VVDs, if you're standing up all the software, uh, how do you, um, what are the additional, now, as you know, Edward, I will preach to you, uh, security has, has many aspects to it, um, but we're trying to, to uh, look at this from, from lots of those aspects, incorporate good security practice that's not generally done across the board, um, uh, and really make that bleed through in the designs themselves. And to kind of speak to your first point, um, uh, you're saying it's backwards. What we're doing here is providing guidance uh, on a design, being prescriptive about it, that will fit 90% of customers. Now, now, you know, in a lot of cases, it's actually 99% or 99.9% uh, of customers. You know, when you go to a public cloud, you don't get to pick what the architecture is behind that design. Uh, you select that as a service. So, you know, within the VVDs, we're taking a system-level approach on this is how you stand up an SDDC, and you know, we are prescriptive about it. Now, is there uh, is there the ability to, to vary from that design? Yes, but but it comes into well, what is validated. So there's two key pieces to the actual name. You know, we even talk carefully about the name. It's validated, and and it's 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 at its core, it's a design. So we do the design, but then we also spend, and this is where the real value is. I, I genuinely believe is the way in which we validate it. So we go through and we stress test this, and I, I you know, I'd love to talk about it in a minute about how how we stress test that, uh, how we do typical customer scenarios with that. How do we look at that from different security? Yeah, but security how do you as well. how do you get the feedback back to the design? Say I go, do go to a customer site that is we, one of the ninety so, percent, but there's something yeah. unique to them that Absolutely. has to feed back up to the up the and, stack because yeah. you can't just give me something that's not living or changing or breathing, Absolutely. and not accounting for things you guys just literally didn't think about. And no, no one does. So you're, you're right. So it, 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 the, the one thing about DVDs that is super interesting is it is an evolving thing, and we try and put people in a path and kind of keep them on that path because you're right, it gets better. Uh, we learn. As we step through, I mean, one of the key parts of the DVDs is uh, right up front, um, we go through, I think it's now up to about 290 different design decisions we make. We, we explain what those design decisions are. Uh, we talk about you know, the justification for that, the impacts on the other parts of the SDDC. Um, and every time we're the professional services or a partner is, is talking to us, or you know, if you just download the DVDs yourself, the, the documentation, you can see all, all this. 
there is a spreadsheet where to make it easier, we actually put a spreadsheet up in the community uh, pages that, that people can download, and you step through each one of those, uh, and then you start to, uh, as a on a on a, in a, within a company, uh, you would step through those and figure out which ones suit you and which ones don't. Um, a lot of the time when we kind of talk through this with people, they actually figure out that a lot of the time the ones they didn't necessarily object to is just because that's what they've done in the past. Uh, and a lot of those actually, actually they're okay. But there's always going to be some that um, they have particular um, uh, measures that they need to take. You know, for example, there might be uh, security measures that they have a corporate policy on that they need to do, change this setting, etc. They might want to use a particular storage solution that they've just paid for. Um, so, so we can help go through that, and we can help identify, okay, that takes you slightly off the validated design. Uh, here are the risks involved, if you're willing to accept those risks, uh, and, and then great, you know, you're still moving forward, you're still standardizing on a design that uh, gives you a lot of benefit. You can still incorporate a lot of the, the operational guides, for example, uh, to help you uh, do things, but just be aware that these are the things that you've, you've stepped off the path slightly, and it may change uh, the, the level of validation, and therefore how good that, that guidance is, and how useful upgrade guides are in the future, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, on the security side, we're, we're doing a lot of work there. It's definitely a, an area, a growing area for us. Um, and we've got some see, see, I think that's why that's why it's backwards. And okay, VMware has the capability of doing everything that we're talking about. Um, what, years back, I was sitting in a um, on a panel, and one of the people in the audience asked a simple question: "Where do you start with security?" Everybody on the panel said the same thing at exactly the same time: "You start with architecture." Mm -hmm. And the yep. problem is, is that when I look at the VMware validated designs, you mention the word security, you sometimes follow best practices. Not all of them, but you don't really show me a secure architecture. You show me an architecture that you know should work if security is not actually involved. Just by saying I'm using NSX does not necessarily mean I'm secure. Sure. You chose a product to represent something that means at least six different things. And not only one of those has anything to do with security. So when I look at your architecture views of a validated design, I expect to see architecture level placement of security constructs. Instead, I see compliance risks and governance, whoopity-doo.a. I can add those on at any time, but I need intrinsic capabilities as part of any in any architecture that says, this is where you put a security control. This is another place where security control is required. I don't see that. I see you saying, yep, use NSX here, but not a security control. Very, very big difference in thought process. Sure. You've got so to think about it from the beginning of architecture. You can't think about it as, oh, I'm going to do a design and plug in all these products and not think about these controls. And then you've got a company that comes up and says, well, I have all these controls that I need to place in. You haven't told me how to do that. Now you're telling me that's not a validated design, which means that you've never actually thought about the controls needed for, oh, HIPAA, PCI, yeah. 
or so even for that. big pharma. Yeah. All right, let's, let's give him a chance to respond. No, no, I, I could say. So there's, there's different aspects that you brought up, a lot of different kind of points I can talk to there. Um, you know, yes, security, um, you know, we think about security right from the architecture get-go. Uh, we are providing additional guidance around some specific areas that are of interest here. Um, I don't want to get rattled on, on any particular topics, but, uh, you know, we're, now as we evolve this, we're adding extra guidance around uh, user permissions, for example. Um, but we're also providing uh, control guidance for uh, certain compliance levels. So as we step through this, uh, we're starting to add on guidance around if you, <coughs> uh, you know, uh, if you want compliance to a particular standard such as CGIS, FedRAMP, HIPAA, you know, PCI, those sort of things. Here, here is additional guidance to help you get there. Some of that, and the interesting thing, as you said, is feeding that back into, first of all, the VBDs themselves, but then also, you know, partly it's our team's job to push that up into the products themselves. So we start to look at those variances, and we figure out some of these actually can just go in by default. We don't need to call them out. This is just what should be done. Uh, however, some of them are onerous, and it doesn't actually fit all of our customers, and it would be hard to do. So those are the ones we call out in separate, separate documentation. So we're, we're absolutely focused on some of that uh, hitting. No, let you see, when you separate things like that, you specifically you separate security from the blueprint, you're basically doing exactly the same thing we've been, we've been oh, trying to fight. Well, that's, that's but you have. I've gone through your VVDs, and there is very little discussion about security. There's very little discussion about the control points. World-based access control is way too low a discussion to be having at the beginning. And you don't have it until much, much later, but you really need a, hey, you know, you know, you need user access control in this area. That is a control point. Where do yeah. you need it? I need it around management, but you really don't say that. Okay, so that's really good feedback. And we are incorporating that, honestly, all the time. And, and to speak on that point, we have guidance coming out very shortly. So let me let me break in here because I, I want to go up a level. Yeah. Here, right? so, like, so there is... In validated designs, I've worked with, you know, at Sun Microsystems, we did Blueprint. Mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the things you have to worry about is how do you get feedback? Because there's like 10,000 details you can go through on a validated yeah. a, a design, yeah, yeah. right? What's the mechanism for VVDs in getting feedback from community, from yeah. customers, and then integrated back, integrating those back into the design? Mm -hmm. And how, how often do you turn these designs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a good point because, you know, as I said, these things aren't perfect. They're constantly evolving. We're constantly getting uh, updated guidance. New products are coming through. Uh, uh, you know, and we want to listen to, to feedback like this where we can improve things. And, and we've already had some of the things that Edward's talked about there. We've, we've incorporated that, and we're, we're already working on that and, and building it in. Um, so there's a bunch of different mechanisms. One is, as I said, you know, that kind of spreadsheet design decisions. Um, the various ways in which customers do that, but a lot of the time we get feedback directly from that. We're working with partners and professional services, um, so we can see where those variants are. So we're, we're, we can understand where a lot of those things don't suit a majority of our customers. Because at the end of the day, we want to be prescriptive about what we're doing here. It's where the benefit comes is by standardizing on a design and design options where possible. Um, so if we're, if we're not doing the right thing, say for example, we're not doing the right thing about security, then we're taking that feedback, we're evolving it, and we're, we're pushing it back out in the next release, and then we're guiding the existing customers how to get from one verse to the next, and it makes it more secure, or it makes it 
more flexible there, makes it higher availability. So what products are included in VVD then? So, uh, so we really do have a full uh, sort of HTC stack in there with this sort of core VVD. Uh, so at the base of kind of what we call the foundation is the uh, uh, vSphere, so vSenter, ESXi. Uh, VSAN is the storage and the management nodes, and uh, NSX. And we kind of call that the foundation, and there's a lot of close alignment there with our brothers and sisters in the, in the Cloud Foundation team uh, and what they're doing. But then we also layer on top uh, operations layer, which includes uh, um, VROPS, um, uh, login sites. We have some of the business continuity pieces in there. We have uh, descriptions around SRM, uh, replication. And then the, the cloud management platform stack that we put on top, so uh, um, BRA, BRO, BRB, uh, all these pieces. So we're really filling out uh, um, what VMware term as you know an SDC, and we try and provide guidance around that as a solution, you know, as a system in and of itself, not just the individual products. Uh, any, any, so we've got VVD 1.0, 2.0, Before we get into what is 4.0. Is anybody using this stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely starting to resonate. Um, you know, one of the interesting things is I should point something out. <clears throat> DVDs are free, right? This is one of the great things, and one of the reasons why I think they're, I want to come on today and talk to the community because I think they're a great resource for the community, and they're available for free. So there's a zero bar entry there if you want to start using them and incorporating them in, in, in your designs. Then you can start taking some of that guidance. Um, so, so you know, as you said, we're we're starting to iterate fairly quickly to get from from when we started to the first release took twelve months. The next release, I think it was like uh, four months. Then it came three months. Then it was two and a half. You know, down to about two months. So we were iterating very very quickly on on the releases. And every time we iterate and we get the opportunity to incorporate new product versions, new product features, DVD changes. Uh, and incorporate some of the feedback that we're getting. So, you know, our ability to to uh, make these things better um, uh, increases as we go. So, we're really, really keen. And me in particular, if anyone has feedback on DVDs, let me know because uh, because I can certainly do something about that and channel it in uh, and make sure those things are, are getting incorporated. Yeah. That, okay. That, good. So, you're on version three. Version mm -hmm. four is coming out. Uh, I will I will say that you know. We've had podcasts on security now. We've got Edward on talking about security. It's one of the big thrusts for us as we go forward in 2017. Yeah. If I look at 6.5, we have spent a lot of time at least now paying attention to security. Before this last year, two years, two years ago, there's no mention of security. Right? Yeah. So I can see where this is an iterative process. And if you look at what Edward's doing, Hexywell, you know, he's got a lot of stuff that he works on security. And so I think it's, it's a relevant subject that you know, if you have that loop, well, you have a way to get feedback back into these forms. Yeah. But here's the thing is that you have a validated design that's validated by VMware. Mm -hmm. And VMware is an infrastructure company, and they know how to do operations. They know how to do infrastructure. When I look at these, that's what I see. I see yep, people yep. saying, use NSX. That's the NSX BU. I get that. I don't see how you do data protection in here. You do backup and restore, but you don't give it to me in a secure way. There actually is a new a way to do that securely and air-gapped and protected so that you won't have a massive disaster. I don't see really that in here. I'm looking at version 4, by the way, which is available on the web right now. 
This cannot be an afterthought anymore. I mean, we just had virtual Shang online saying, Zheng saying security is an afterthought by everybody. No, VMware has to step forward and make it the primary thought of everybody. You have the capability. It's kind of like you're building the bionic man. You have the technology. Make it work. You have the chance right now at the very beginning of people putting together a cloud to say, you know what? When you do your operations layer, you need to think about these three or four major security points. Yeah, and that's a good question. Like, how many people are starting from scratch now? It doesn't make a difference if you're starting from scratch or not. Right. If I have a validated design, I'm working towards right. a design. Right. I have a company right now that does 44 billion queries per day. Right. They know that they have some security. They had at the very beginning when they started the business, they had security issues. They came came to me and said, "Hey, can you architect us?" A solution. So we took exactly what they were doing, found all those control points, architected it in. They are still working towards implementing all of that architecture. And that architecture changes every six months. As they get new new business requirements, they have to be included there. Some of the things we originally thought about dropped by the wayside as we moved them closer and closer to the application. Even security architectures will change. They're not fixed in stone. Anybody thinks that is fooling themselves. And that, that's probably a person you don't want to ever talk to, talk to. But they are something you work towards. A VMware validated design should say these are the control points you need according to VMware's security. And you have a, a, a security architecture architect and several of them that know how to do this right side inside of VMware. There are people outside of VMware that could help you with this. The key is is to make sure that you even mention those control points so people know, oh, I should think about that. I can't do it now. The business won't let me, but, hey, it's something I need to think about and work towards in the future. You don't just put out this, this. I mean, I'm looking at your operations layer diagram. No mention of security in there, but there's a huge amount of security that needs to be right there. And, and we have Gmitch64, I mean, he's saying on, on the chat, it's like security always gets in the way. If you're implementing so I, I, an architecture that has security in the way, your architecture is we, bad. So, End Edward, story. we get it. Edward, you got it. We got it. VMware validated designs. What else can we talk about? 4.0. Let's not talk about security no, for, for hey, at least another five hey, minutes. Hey, hey, I got that. You guys got the feedback. Go take a look. No, at the you think, think that whole it. attitude of I got it has right. caused Buddy companies their, their capability yeah. of even produ- having the business work. But the reason we brought them on the show is <laughs> also talk about other components of VBD. Right. So no, no, no. We can do that, but you've got to think about that from the beginning. It's an architecture. Yeah, you know, you know, you and I have talked about security on the podcast before. I, I, I get the point. We have a security team of very experienced guys who come from VMware. Yes, you do. Basically, they work within uh, uh, with us on the BBDs. I mean, they're, they're they're effectively assigned to it. We are working our way through it. As I said before, um, you know, we are keen to get add value and get these designs out there and iterate on them. We're iterating them fairly quickly. We are starting to provide, and it's not. I appreciate it, it's not on that. BBD download site at the moment, but there are additional uh, papers that we're starting to produce, uh, starting to publish, that have control measures. Now, they are control measures uh, applied for specific 
compliance standards. So we just released one around CGIS uh, last week, I think. So that's one angle on that that we're starting to do, and we, we have a bunch more that we're working on. We have a VVD deployment within NIST um, uh, where the NIST guys are actually going through what we have, making recommendations, and we are incorporating it. So we're doing it in multiple ways. We're incorporating those security points within the design so that a, a lot of things is baked in from the start. We don't need to call these things out of the design because it's just in there. But then we're also layering on top, oh, if you care about this element, this is what you need to change. So these things are happening. It's definitely not an afterthought. And I tell you what, when, you know, VVD started before I came on board, but it's one of the biggest reasons why VVDs exist is because of the security element. When you're building a system of uh, a complex system with multiple components within it, um, uh, it's hard, right? And it's hard from a bunch oh, of reasons. Absolutely. One of the biggest reasons is security. So uh, it makes a, the security vector is, is harder to work at. So it's one of the biggest drivers why we do VVDs. Uh, are we doing the best job at the moment? You know, we're absolutely working in it. We're iterating in it. We're adding that as we go. Uh, don't think that there's no thought behind security at the moment because that's not true. There, there is. It's maybe not called out in a specific way. And uh, when we start to talk about some of the new guidance that's coming out now, it will talk to this point. So, you know, don't don't think that we're. I don't want to brush you off. I, you know. Um, it, it's an interesting topic, and you know we are heavily invested in doing this. It's one of the big drivers for getting everyone on a standard design, because if you make that standardized design more secure, then everyone wins. So it's definitely a big driver for us. But we're always looking for feedback. So if there's specific points that you want to call out, things that we can improve, then yeah, we're, you know I'm always interested in, in, in listening to that. We have a bunch of different ways in which we can pull that feedback in. So. Okay, I want to balance the show a little bit. I get it. You know, maybe we should just have a security podcast one day where we talk about VVD and security. Mm -hmm. But I want to balance out what else is here. Yeah. Um, so VVD 4.0 things mm -hmm. between three and four. Do you yeah. want to call out a couple points that you guys have worked on? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, as I said, we're starting to iterate more quickly on, on the versions that have been up to now. It took us a while to kind of crank that engine. Now we've got the, the base design that it starts to solidify. Um, uh, we're now getting to a strange kind of inflection point where we're uh, uh, you know, locking it down. The 4.01 uh, was an interesting one because it, uh, it was the first time where we really stepped up uh, the vSphere version. Up till then, the vSphere version had, had changed, that had stayed at vSphere 6.0, uh, and a lot of the other products had changed. But this time it was the vSphere 6.5. Now, as we all know, when vSphere changes, um, you know, you need to generally touch all your other components. It's kind of that base, uh, you know, pin in the ground, that flag in the ground. And um, so, with 4.0, we've basically upgraded all the uh, all the software that's included to the latest version. Um, so everything is refreshed, uh, and not only then does the guidance revolve around the new versions and how to get to the new versions, but it starts to incorporate some of the, the benefits for each of those products. Um, everything that's been uh, improved in different ways, whether it's from a performance perspective or security perspective or giving you uh, greater availability options, uh, et cetera, et cetera, we're starting to reap the benefit of that just naturally. So that was a big thing for us um, to, to bring in all those versions and, and make sure that they all work together. I mean, as I said earlier, one of the big things that we do behind the scenes is not, you know, everyone thinks that BBDs is just writing documentation, but in actual fact, behind the scenes, uh, the documentation is only one part of what we actually do. The validation process is, um, 
uh, is a big part of that, working with the business unit, making sure those products work properly as, uh, as expected, and ironing out bugs before those products even get used. So <clears throat> that, that, was a, that was the main stake in the ground for the photo, was getting up to, to uh, B-65 and all the different bits um, that come with it. So how much of this is uh, professional service oriented? Do professional service people come out? And I, I know we have a big practice on that. If you look at our, our revenue, probably 60% of our revenue now is in PS, yeah. helping people deploy mm -hmm. our technology. And license revenue is maybe 37%, yeah. and then there's miscellaneous other revenue. Uh, do, do the PS engagements end up using VBD as yeah. part of their template? It, it's really starting to run off of those guys. Um, you know, Initially, I think, there was this kind of, you, know, you look at professional services, they're like, this is their bread and butter, doing a deploy service and installing this raft of different software products. Um, you know, is there something that we do for a long time? So they, they looked at it with kind of uh, um, a different angle, I think, initially. But now they're actually really starting to embrace this. Um, a lot of the professional services, the VM professional services, uh, are really starting to move towards this model because they suddenly realized that, uh, you know, if, if this is what they're doing for their customers uh, in a lot of scenarios, not everyone, but, but a lot of scenarios, they can actually accelerate what they're doing. They can deliver it, you know, uh, into a company at a much faster rate uh, with, with uh, the reality of that they're actually going to hit what they, they're expected to hit. And then they can spend the extra time that they've saved in adding more value by actually talking uh, to the customer into the company itself. What is IT actually trying to do there? Uh, and help. So, you know, building out blueprints for VRE, for example, and spending time really adding value and, and working on different things. And, you know, the professional services guys love it because they get to, to actually work on more interesting, challenging things rather than just standing up, um, you know, creating a design, standing it up, uh, and, and moving it over to the next stage. So, so they're definitely on board, and we're really starting to see traction there. That's then starting to bleed into partners. So if you if you have a particular partner, a large partner that you work with, um, you know, like Accenture or someone, then those guys are, are producing designs that are validated against the BBD, um, and that's another option. And again, they see the real benefit in doing this. They can align and standardize to it. So <clears throat> we're, we're getting a lot of traction there. But then you also have the, you know, the sort of, well, you can go and download this stuff yourself. You can do it yourself. Uh, so I'm always interested. Uh, we don't always know when people are using BBDs. So it's always super interesting to find out all these kind of use cases and, and uh, corner areas where people from all over the world are starting to use VBDs, whether fully or, or even in part. I mean, there's a lot of value just in picking up some of that guidance um, uh, and uh, applying the bits of it that you find most appropriate to your organization. Shang Sheen, I see you're on chat. Uh, we haven't heard much from you. I know you're here in audio. Maybe you want to wanna chat a little bit about uh, what you've seen here. Yeah, you know, I, I cover a lot of our resellers, and um, I, I know the VVD was uh, kind of a useful tool for some of our partners to kind of just get a overall sense of what a, a particular architecture should look like and you know, how all of our different products kind of interoperate with each other. So I, I thought it was, a, you know, just a very good tool in general. I, I also found that cert gen tool very useful for customers. Mm -hmm. Um, so as a blueprint, I think it's just, just a nice uh, document to kind of refer to, to, to kind of see how everything kind of folds together. And I realized that, you know, it is a single scenario, right? So uh, there are certain aspects like availability zones and, you know, other things that other people may 
um, you know, may, may not fit for everybody, but again, it's just kind of a, a good summary, uh, you know, how, how things tie together. Yeah, absolutely. As you say, that's another interesting point is uh, it's not just documents. We're starting to build tools. Um, you know, we we want to discover areas with the DVDs where when you bring all this stuff together as a, as a white system, uh, where are the challenges? So part of the validation process is we have something we call measurement and optimization. It's, it's basically a time-to-value study. Every time we have a release, we go through uh, the entire uh, implementation phase of the DVD and someone sits and records how long it takes to install each of the products in turn. Right? Going step right. through the install guide, you're figuring out how many times they, they have to click buttons, how many times they have to context switch between UIs, how many times they have to provide information, and if that information is there by default. So we actually measure all this stuff, and we pro it helps us um, actually quantifiably say whether or not the combined products and the system in and of itself is improving. Uh, and that is been super useful. We can actually see some of the feedback, the direct feedback from that has been, for example, VRA, from going from VRA 6 to VRA 7, I think we all kind of suddenly saw a big improvement in the way in which it was installed. That's directly related to some of the, the feedback that the VVD team actually gave to, to the VRA guys. Uh, and we managed to push that into the product before VRA 7 actually came out. So those are some of the sort of interesting things that kind of happen in the background that aren't necessarily associated with the 3D, the work that we're doing, um, uh, to really improve that, and it improves it for, for everybody as we as we kind of go through. Yeah, that's actually interesting. The concept that I know Raghu Raghuram, you know, runs you know product development, yeah. and, you know, deals with all the products, and we have this product suite that has been relatively not glued together. Yeah. Everybody knows this in the in, a, in our in our listener environment that you know we call it a suite, but it's really yeah. separate products, right? So. Funded. In this sense, that's actually really valuable if you're actually measuring and looking and getting timelines for like, and then giving that back to Ragu and Prue yeah. to say, look, yeah. here's what you got. You got like a 12-hour you know yeah. install process, right? Yeah. You know, and here's where the number of hours are, and here's yeah. where you got duplication of setup and configuration yeah. that you can give to them and go work on this yeah, and yeah. make each time better. So, so one of the one of the real uh, another good example of that, I bring up, and I I, I bring up with trepidation because I'm about to mention. Certificates. Um, that's okay. We but love that. that. But when we look at that whole process, I mean, I think everyone in the, probably listening to this podcast has, has recognized this. Um, but you know, as you install all these different products, you, you think about the way in which you have to change uh, certificates in the, in the products uh, as, as part of the install process. Now, up from there, all the different products have different ways of, of dealing with certificates, different tools that they use. Um, so when you bring it all together, it's, it's complicated. It's really complicated, and, and we all recognize that. Now, <clears throat> there are different streams of work, obviously, within VMware to, to look at this problem. But we were able, as a systems level, to at least uh, measure that, quantify it, provide it as feedback as a whole, saying we need to do something about this. And we started, you know, as a VVD team, you know, we don't have the resources uh, uh, and the, the software expertise and the security expertise necessarily to build a, an end goal solution for that. But what we can do is we can at least provide, first of all, recommendations on how you generate certificates, how you replace certificates across all the products. Then we've then taken that and we're actually taking the certificate generation process and we've automated it. So we create a bit, we have a bit large PowerShell script. I wanted to get it out to the community as possible. So it's actually attached to a KV article out there. 
um, for, for no other reason that it was the quickest way for us to publish it. I want it out there. Let's all, you know, uh, uh, potentially reap the benefits of this. So there's a large, you know, 1,000-plus PowerShell script that helps our customers uh, um, uh, do certificate generation for a broad range of products, like about 12 different products in SCDC. Uh, you know, and as we work towards that, we're now starting to think beyond and how we can do, uh, create an automation framework for replacing the certificates. Not only does it actually uh, um, generate the, the certificate requests, generate the certificates, but then it actually goes to the products themselves, uh, replaces the certificates, and then makes sure a retrust happens. Now, is that an end goal solution for the way in which VMware treats its certificates? No, I'm not, I'm not saying it is. Uh, you know, uh, that's a different kind of channel, but it's something that we can do now. We can help customers now recognize that from a system level. So we're seeing all that sort of as we validate these things and as we go through versions of the VVD, we're, we're coming across areas where we measure this stuff. If we measure it, we can quantify it, we can take it to the business leaders and say, this is genuinely a problem. This is how long it takes. We can fix this uh, by doing X, Y, and Z. So, so we're really, you know, it, it comes back to what, you know, we as all customers within the community recognize, um, but it, it really helps push that, push that process forward. So, I mean, when you, I want to say yeah. one thing is that when you start thinking about using the validated designs, the way I'm looking at it is it's a it's it's size like a shoe. You have one shoe. It's it's not a one size fits all. We can all agree on that. It's size mm -hmm. kind of like a shoe. You pick what you need out of it. What I'm looking mm -hmm. at it as this is a great. Regardless of everything we already talked about, to be honest, this is really a great. Basis. I'm going to say I like the way the fact as a design, it's a great base. Mm -hmm. If I was to use, if I was going into an organization, this is great to have in my back pocket because then I can take it out and say, okay, let's look at this and how we would change it for your org before we implement, before we do our as part of that planning stage. As a consultant, this is incredibly valuable. Mm -hmm. And that's how I would use it, and that's how I have used any type of reference architecture in the past. Mm. That's what th this really is. But when you get down to it, every org is going to be different at, at the, at the nitty-gritty levels. Yeah. But everybody has the same general concepts in use. So this is a great start. And I, don't, I wouldn't yeah. say this would be the end goal. I'd say this is a great start for doing your own. Yeah. No, uh, and I, I, I have some of the similar feelings there. Um, it is a great start. It's a great start for, for most VMware customers. Um, it really jumpstarts you and gets you in the right path and, and thinking beyond some of the, the base level uh, decisions that, you know, maybe we shouldn't be sweating over. And, and the actual reality is, the weird thing is, when you actually start to use them, you start to think that, okay, it's a starting point, but you actually start to incorporate more and more of it than you perhaps initially thought you would. Uh, and then, you know, the, the closer and closer you get to being a, uh, to following the, the validated design, the more benefit you arguably get from it, because all the, uh, you know, the D2 guidance starts to become more and more applicable. You know, when the upgrade guides come out, they are more and more applicable. So you start to get this benefit, and it's a kind of rolling process. So yes, no, I I encourage everybody to take it as a starting point, even taking it as an educational, informational tool for the community is a great. It's it's some of the best design documentation that VMware does and ever, has ever written, um, and you know I would stand behind that. 
So if you want to learn free. more about BVD design, the, uh, about design in, in general, um, then it's a really good starting point. Where are you going on? Uh, I'll just I'll just throw yeah, yeah. a new 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 talk conversation. Sure. We have another five minutes or so. Um, yeah. Cloud environments where I got AWS. Yeah. Are you guys starting to look at some of that? Absolutely. Um, so we're already starting to think about how we can incorporate some of those environments. How uh, how our BBD setup could use those cloud environments. Um, you know, for for uh, resources. So you you start to to really get into a genuine model of you know, it's one thing to say hybrid cloud uh, and run VMs in a in a different environment, uh, but from a VVD perspective, when we start to layer that on top, then we're actually starting to really get down into the nitty gritty of where it really matters, and it's not just all and sets and you know the physical location where you run your your VMs. You start to think about security impacts. You start to think about the management, the logging, um, you know, the control of those things. If you're deploying VMs, how do you, uh, um, you know, where are you, where are you putting those templates? Where are the blueprints driving those things? Can you manage it from a single re uh, 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 management area? Uh, how does NSX span? You know, how do you use NSX to span between those different clouds? So yeah, we're we're definitely getting involved in that. We're very interested. We we don't have. Um, a lot at the moment, but it's definitely something that we're, we're keen to incorporate because it's a, it's a resource, um, and we want to treat it almost as just somewhere else you run your VMs. But this is how you manage them. This is how you 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 uh, install them. This is how you manage them. This is how you the full lifecycle of those VMs uh, and those applications that you're you're running. So yeah, no, we're super interested in that. How much does hyper uh, hyper converged infrastructure start to Play into this. Do you guys see this as competition? Do you see this as an augmented strategy? Uh, do you guys ignore it? Yeah. No, no, no. It, it, it's um, it's a, it's a kind of good and interesting question. I, I mean, we obviously within the VBD team we believe in in hyperconvergence. I mean, our model is basically using vSAN. It's using vSphere. And so you know we're, we're on board with the concept of storage and uh, compute being on the same platform. Uh, does it compete? I, I think it aligns very well. I mean, customers will pick uh, whatever fits their model best. Uh, you know, we, we our, our validated design actually uses hyperconvergence. So yes, right. I mean, yeah. um, but, but it can use other 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 storage, uh, other other ways to do storage. But yes, you know, we, right. we're fully on board with that. So running up on the three minutes, mm -hmm. uh, Shang, any last words? Nice, nice, nice stuff on the chat. I see you doing pretty cool. Um, no, I, I think uh, Forbes are really looking forward to looking at some of the things you guys are, you know, if you're expanding that to the hybrid cloud, very interested in you know, how that works out. And uh, probably we, we'd have some customers looking at you know, VMware on AWS as well coming up this summer. So that'd be uh, very interesting as well. And perhaps integrating to some of the um, services that AWS is, you know, has as well. So, you know, perhaps integrating to S3 and, 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 you know, outside of VMware as well, right? So I know the VVD is mostly, um, you know, focusing on VMware technology, uh, but if we start to look at the overall solution, it'd be nice to see, um, you know, technologies around global load balancers, um, you know, VPN technology, you know, anything of that sort, that uh, VMware may not play natively, but if we can make recommendations or 
best practices with some of the integration partners that uh, we work with, I, I think that would be nice to see in the designs as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, us and Nicole uh, and everybody listening, you know, we're, we're, we're technology buffs. We, we like to get down in the weeds uh, uh, and figure out how things work. Um, the VDDs are kind of a way to potentially for, for other people to get beyond that and not worry so much about products and sales, but about what we're actually trying to solve for the business uh, as a kind of IT solution. So yes, you know, we're, we're thinking we don't, we don't run in a, in a pure VMware uh, world. Um, you know, we, we, we run with other software and other hardware in there. So we're always thinking about ways in which we can incorporate uh, adjacent products and adjacent uh, um, use cases. Um, to pull some of that stuff in. So yeah, no, those are all those are all good things. I mean, we kind of ran out of time. I, I talked about one thing that was in 4.0. There's plenty more in 4.0 for sure, uh, and there's plenty more on on the roadmap coming forward. So, you know, we're we're moving with this stuff fairly quickly. We have a bunch of sessions at VMworld, for example. So so have a look uh, on the list. Do a search for BUD. You'll start to see there where other areas we're we're starting to uh, look towards and expand into and. Um, you know, if you're interested in those, then obviously uh, vote them up and we'll, we'll get them in there. All right. Uh, last last minute here. If you want to learn more, there's some URLs you can go to. They have Go redirect links. So VMware.com slash Go slash VBD gets you to, you know, content about the, the latest stuff. Yeah, there's a bunch of links out there. Right, right. You can also, there's a hands-on lab for VBD. I don't know if they've updated for Photo yet, but you can go to vmware.com slash go slash vbd-hol, gets you to the, the latest HOL. Uh, there is a playlist on VBDs on YouTube, so you can go to vmware.com slash go slash vbd-videos to go look at the uh, playlist there. And then at VMware SDC, if you just want to follow our Twitter handle and, and see what's happening with SDC. I, I call it the videos link there. Uh, Ryan Johnson, who, who works in the VBD team, has, uh -huh. uh, has some really great videos there. But one of the, the newest ones that's come up there is what's new in, in VBD 4.0. And he, he talks, it's, it's only about 35 minutes long, but he does a really good job of digging down into some of the uh, design changes that have certainly gone into to 4.0. So if you're already familiar with 4.0 uh, with BBDs, but maybe a previous version, it'll help you kind of get up to speed there, some of the improvements we've made. Um, so I, I have one last question. If someone needs help implementing a VBD, what's the best way to get that help? Sure. Uh, there's a bunch of different ways you can go to, obviously, VMware Professional Services and any of the partners that are certified partner architecture uh, validated. Uh, go to the product page, you can see that. Um, if it's just members of the community, go on the VMware community site. We, we've already built up a bunch of posts on there generally linking to tools and scripts and additional documentation that we, we have available at early access at tech preview stuff. So if you have questions, stick them on there. Uh, you know, people like myself, uh, Ryan Johnson, you know, moderate those, those forums. So we're very happy to, to go in there and ask questions. Um, they can reach out to me on Twitter and ask me a question. I'll, I'll, I'll respond back. Great, great. Uh, Edward, last 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 comments or um, that was my last question. Last comment. Right. We, I mean, Perfect. if someone needs help, where would they go? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Well, uh, we're at the top of the hour. Thanks for everybody joining online. We will be back here again next week. And uh, until then, I know we have some new releases coming out. Maybe we'll have. You have a guest that we're not allowed to talk about what releases are going to be out. So uh, just know that we will be we'll be here again next week, and 
looking forward to uh, engaging. Uh, thanks for being on the show. This yeah, was uh, exciting. Edward, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Uh, Shane, thanks also. And we will be here again next week. Until then, uh, have a great week, guys.